Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, I'm Zane. This is Straight Up, and today we're talking about debts, especially debts that happen in domestic violence or when you get into a relationship. We talked to Bree, who grew up in care, about some of the debts she had. So, my name's Bree. I'm a mum and I'm 26. The first debt that I ever had was a phone, because as soon as I turned 18, I went and got a phone on a plant, and um, it got stolen by my ex's sister, and she ran up the bill, and because there was no proof of theft of the phone, I still had to play the plan and whatever she was using in the credit and stuff. I rang them and they wouldn't clear it or nothing, because I had no proof. Got a financial counsellor, they rang Vodafone, but then they tried to say like, oh, you pay this much and we'll wipe it, but the amount they wanted me to pay was more than my bill. The next step was AGL, because I went to a house, went through DV, moved out, got another house. We got stuffed around by the landlord, went to another house, went through DV, but I didn't realise I had to cancel the last one. Like when I moved, I thought I just had to let them know that I'd moved and they'd automatically cancelled the last one. They weren't doing that, so that bill got to $9,000. They said that I could do a payment plan and it would never, it won't change. Like I can just keep that strict payment and my bill would just go down. But yeah, there's lots of times where AGLs just like, well, we can't help you. At one point I was homeless, so all the bills stayed in my name, like the rent was in my name, the electricity, the gas, the water was all in my name. But my ex and his new partner that he had lived there and then just raked it up in my name. And um, I even had support workers and that talked to AGL and everyone about it with me and they just still said, well, there's nothing that they can do. Like, it's my own fault for not calling them, but I didn't know that you could call them. I didn't know you had to call them. I thought that once you let your, like, landlord and that know that you've, you're moving out, then that goes for your water and all that because that's who them bills get sent to you. Like, the water bills get sent to your landlord, not... Was it just your house or did you have it together? We had it together. Like, his name was on the lease as well, but my name was on top. And then all the bills were in my name. And because rent was paid in cash, we just done it. But then the water bill would come in my name. The electricity was in my name because he had that, because he put stuff in his name, that for his aunties and stuff. So, mm. but yeah. And then it just made big debts for me. Is that something that you think was part of the DV? Yeah, the controlling, like the financial abuse and stuff was yeah. all part of the DV. But, I mean, in 2016, I got a financial counsellor and, like, my debts all laid down. Like, obviously, I've got a new bill in that now because it's been, like, three, four years. Um, but, like... It's not a substantial, and I know now to like, kind of, if I think that I'm using more electricity and that, just pay a little bit more fortnight. So then when the bills do come in, they're not gonna like have me struggling. Um, Cause there was a time where we was like living day by day and half of our stuff, well, most of our valuable stuff ended up in cash converters. And then it was just costing us so much money to try and get it out or keep it in there. So then we didn't lose anything. I ended up having to get a loan from like Anglicare 
to cover all our cash converter stuff just so then we can have it back. But um, it was like a mini finance and you had to go get quotes and stuff and then they would pay it them like they would pay it and I'd go pick up my stuff. And then I had a band on myself from cash converters and I noticed that when I had the band on myself from cash converters, I actually stopped relying, like thinking, oh, well, if I run out of money, if I spend all this money, I can just go to cash converters. And it's kind of helped me in the long run. Like, so now I don't look to go to cash converters for stuff, except for like maybe buy secondhand stuff or like I had rings that didn't fit me anymore and I couldn't sell them on marketplace and stuff so I just went to cashes and sold them like but it wasn't because of a financial hardship type of thing it was more of a I don't need them anymore like when I was in DV I got cashies loans and stuff just so then I could be able to eat and stuff because my pay was always controlled um but then because my pay was controlled I was never allowed to pay my loans back so I got big debts but I ended up building the courage to go into cash converters to tell, talk to them about it and they just wiped it. Tony also went and spoke to Sam DeWitt because we wanted to know a bit more about supports for people in debt. I'm uh, Sam, I'm a financial counsellor on the National Debt Helpline. For those of you that don't know, the National Debt Helpline is a phone number you can call if you're in financial hardship, as in when you're in debt or you can't pay your bills and you need help. We sit down with you, have a chat about what's been happening. We chat about information or services that might be available to help you out. And if need, I can or a financial counsellor, not just me, but we can advocate on your behalf. Awesome. And who can call the deadline? The short answer is anybody can be in financial hardship. Ultimately, if the basic maths of it is if your expenses are more than your income, um, that's financial hardship. Financial hardship can be caused by lots of different things. There's no one thing, you know, unemployment causes financial hardship. No. There's also... Um, Obviously, family violence, relationship breakdown, mental health, physical health, injury, underemployment, moving out of home for the first time, things like that. Um, but yeah, basically, if you're in financial hardship, you can give us a call. Do you have any tips of staying out of debt? I would have to say, number one, keep track of your spending. And sometimes it is, uh, you know... I'm the first one to admit it's not the most fun thing in the world to keep track of your spending. Um, but it's all those little things that add up that can ultimately impact, you know, the other expenses um, that you've got. Another one would be stay within your means. Be aware of what your income is um, and work out what expenses you have that have repercussions if you don't pay for them. So, um Things like rent, electricity, medication, your phone, all that kind of thing. If you stop paying it, whether are people going to call you? Are they going to cut you off? All that kind of thing. And then compare that to what we would call, you know, non-essential living expenses. So, you know, there's there wouldn't be a repercussion if you didn't get takeaway food. Um, 
sometimes if you're in a bit of a sticky situation or you, you're looking for instant cash, um, payday lenders do pop up quite often and I have seen quite significant debt when it comes to payday lenders. Um, I've seen debts that are a lot bigger than what was originally borrowed. So is that like cash converters? Um, yep. That yeah. sort of stuff? Yes, things like that. So the tricky thing with, with those kinds of, of lenders is the the interest, but also the hidden fees. So if, if you've ever had a, um, a loan to a payday lender and you request or look at the payment schedule and you've fallen behind on payments, there could be things like late payment fees, change of payment fees, account management fees, all these fees and they add up. And if you're you know, struggling a little bit, it's very tricky to stay on top of the fees. Um, if you find yourself having to prioritise those payments over not paying for food or not paying for rent or not paying for electricity, that's a good indicator that the, your income isn't there to cover all of your living expenses. And on the flip side as well, what I see is people may prioritise uh, food, electricity, rent, those kinds of expenses, and may not be in a position to pay for their lines of credit, so like the payday lenders and the credit cards and things like that. And that's when, obviously, you start receiving phone calls and letters and things like that. If, if you're in financial hardship, being mindful of spending habits that you have that you do because of the stress caused by the financial hardship. So like a, a cycle. Retail therapy. Yes. A really good one is, I see quite often, is takeaway. Somebody might be feeling the stress of their situation and they're not in a mental space to cook, so they'll buy takeaway food. Obviously, takeaway food costs a lot more than the groceries needed to cook, so you're still facilitating that financial hardship. What sort of patterns do you see um, with partners and debt? Yeah, so with with household budgets, yeah, um, it's a good question. Everybody kind of there's no one way of doing a household budget there's no you know everybody manages their money differently depending on their income depending on lots of different things so for some people you might get a couple and they might just put all their money together and then pay for the living expenses um, or they might split everything and just be 50-50 um, um, but when it comes to taking on debt for other people um I do see a lot of financial abuse um, come through. A lot of the time, you may see indicators of financial abuse. So that would be controlling the finances? So yes. Um, money going into one account and the other person not being able to access that? Yes. Or um, money going into both accounts and the other person taking the money out yes. of one account? The person controlling the finances, um, they may earn more than the other person and they may only provide a small amount to the other person that may not cover Their all the expenses. Yes, and particularly if there's children involved as well. So that other person um, may not, they may receive, you know, a wage or, or a Centrelink payment and the amount that they're receiving, they put towards the children or, or other living expenses, but there's not enough to save or not enough to, you know, escape, I guess, is um, another way of looking at it. The, the one thing I would say, um, particularly with couples and, and debt, um, is don't enter into a contract 
because someone says, oh, if you love me, you'll do this. What we often see is, um, you know, a phone contract, for example, or something like this, or the person might say, you know, because of my credit score or because of this, I can't do this, but, you know, if you love me, you'll do this. And the other person, you know, signs up for a phone contract, which is, you know, a couple of years long, and then the relationship ends in two months or something. And then the other person takes off with the phone and then, you know, this other person's left with a huge debt. The people I talk to, it's you know, they're always in financial hardship. So I guess I would say don't put yourself in debt for somebody else. Whoever's name it is, regardless, they're 100% liable for the debt. So we hear it all the time, you know, it's not, I, it's not just me. I didn't just use it. There was somebody else. Unfortunately, it's, if it's just in your name, you're 100% liable for it. So that's generally, so if, if, if utility debts, if utility accounts, sorry, are in, all just in, in your name, so I'm talking like electricity, internet, gas, that kind of thing. If, if you, you know, if you find yourself in a, in a, you know, um, a family violence situation and, you know, you do leave the property, if, and if that person is still there using the utilities and racking up debt, absolutely nothing stopping you from calling those electric, like those companies and saying, I no longer live in the property, the account's in my name, I wish to disconnect it. So last question I'm going to ask you is, do you have a message or advice for young people in these kinds of situations? Yes. <laughs> I would say when, when I speak to people in financial hardship, they often think that they're the only person experiencing it like nobody else could possibly know what it's like to experience financial hardship but the important thing is to know that you're not alone there's lots of other people experiencing financial hardship the other thing as well I think personally as a financial counsellor and I'd still classify myself as a young person that <laughs> um, I've learned from this job is that if you look at someone you don't know what their story is you don't know what they may be going through, they, you don't know what their financial situation is like. So I would say, and with obviously social media, it is very difficult, but don't compare yourself to other people or um, try and aim for, you know, having the latest this, latest that, if it's going to put you into financial hardship. Because the people that you're looking up to that may have these items, they themselves may be in financial hardship. The most important thing is obviously be mindful of your own finances and, and stay with within your bounds of what you can afford. Straight Up is part of the GOM Central project. You can find out about GOM Central by visiting gomcentral.elmplace.org.au or join us on Facebook. GOM Central is delivered by post-care support services and funded by the Department for Child Protection. If you have left care or are about to leave care and are struggling with any issues, 
get in touch with Press Care Support Services on 1800 188 118. Your hosts are Brooke and Zane. This podcast was created on Ghana and Paramount country. We wish to acknowledge the Ghana and Paramount peoples and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. Their spiritual, physical, emotional, mental and economic connection to the land and seas. Special thanks to Sam DeWitt and to Bree for sharing her story.